Welcome to the USL show. It is a product of uh, the Beautiful Game Network, uh, featuring many awesome podcasts that you can go look up. Oh man, we just got a new one, and we'll talk about that in a second. But we're also sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, so thanks to that. Um, Evan's not here, so I'm Phil. I'm going to do my best to fill his role. Probably be less funny, uh, but, but you know, we'll do our best here. Um, first of all, Ryan is here with us from Wilmington. But not in Wilmington. Hello, uh, how's everyone doing tonight? Doing good. You know, Ryan, I've always wanted to ask um, an ECU student about this, and I'm sure you get this a lot. But you know, what the hell is East Carolina, right? What is the explanation to this? I mean, the school started as East Carolina Teachers College, but it just kind of stuck with that it is a state school, so it's in the UNC system, and it's just now the uh, fourth largest school in the university, but. They sell really cool shirts around campus that call it the uh, 51st state and has an outline of the eastern portion of North Carolina, which I really like. Ah. It's just weird as a Midwesterner to hear East Carolina when we all know there is no East Carolina per se, but it's part of the UNC system, basically. Yeah, I mean, I always hear a bunch of people mistakenly call it Eastern Carolina just because, like, there's a Western Carolina. You always hear, like, Eastern, Western, Central Michigan. You always hear the urns in it, but everyone has to, like, correct everyone saying it's East Carolina or just ECU, not Eastern. Mm -hmm. I might have said, did I say Eastern? Because I almost did. (laughs) <laughs> okay all right right on well let's move on um we we do have one evan here but we call him pony pony how's it going man ah pretty good see you don't even know my college oh i have no idea where you went to state no i do live near sacramento state <laughs> northern california university nah, i did pacific down in stockton for california people mm. so uh what'd you study there pony uh, engineering, of course. There you go. What else am I going to do, number-wise? <laughs> it does even explain though, a lot. Yeah, even though they actually, I applied for their pharmacy school, they rejected me and said, if you want to go to engineering, I'll give you a scholarship. So, Cool. So that decided the rest of your life, that one, that one no. Pretty much. <laughs> I like it. Also joining us from Charlotte. Uh, you live in Charlotte, right? It's Ben Goshorn. Yes, I do. I do live in Charlotte. And Hats off to you for pronouncing my last name correctly. That well, very seldom happens. Uh, luckily, we talked a long time ago before I was on this show, and I think I asked your name, and you pronounced it for me. So Good memory then, yeah. But it's, uh, it's good to be here. I uh, appreciate the invite as always. It's mm-hmm. always good to uh, talk about stuff. Luckily, the wall behind you, um, as you may see, anyone that's on the YouTube, is not white and barren and uh, boring now. It's uh, a little colorful. So. I like that Fort City Firm scarf. <laughs> yes. Yes. I say we need Ryan to start bringing in scarves. He's behind on the game on this one. Yeah, you. Well, I have an entire scarf wall at home, but it's just not mm-hmm. home. I never record in front of a scarf wall. Ryan records oh. from a little tiny room, like a study room inside the library. And what I'd like to see is you carrying like ten scarves on your shoulder, <laughs> going into the room <laughs> and setting them up before you get going. I brought my Tottenham flag to school. I can set that up. <laughs> That'd be good Ooh, enough, I, I suppose. about that, Ryan? That doesn't sound like it's worth putting up. <laughs> I, I don't know. They're still currently the best team in London at the moment. Hell. I uh, have not looked at the standings in a while, so I'm just going to assume that that is correct. <laughs> well, uh, boys, we, we don't have a ton to talk, to talk about today, although we did rack up more than I expected. But I thought we'd start the day talking about 
Thanksgiving, and uh, we're all except for uh, except for Ryan and Ben. I think we're all from different regions. So uh, let's talk about what we did for Thanksgiving. We'll start with Pony, and maybe talk about what is the the West Coast uh, item of uh, in your in your dinner that you guys have that perhaps no one else does. Uh, well, I just went over to. I have parents who live like twenty minutes away from me, so I went over there. Younger brothers over there. We don't probably do a typical Thanksgiving food at all. <laughs> there was no turkey, no ham. <laughs> <laughs> it was like tri-tip and salmon were the two main dishes. Oh my gosh! So you, so you had that a meal. That's what you're saying. Yeah, it was just basically dinner. <laughs> I like it. Dinner with family, and that was it. There's nothing too special going on there. <laughs> I don't know like, any West Coast unique stuff, at least that we do. Gotcha, yeah. I, I know there's that map, and, it, and it's different depending on what show or what tweet you're looking at. But, uh, yeah, it has, like, what everyone has in their region that uh, no one else does. So in, in St. Louis, I just I actually went to Florida for mine. So I had fish as well, which is strange, right? There we go. Because, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we just wanted to do something different. So we had uh, fish tacos and, and a few sides that were good. But in St. Louis, um, I don't know. My family does a weird squash, like a cheesy, spicy squash. Spaghetti cheesy squash. squash. Like zucchini or more like a butternut? Uh, spaghetti squash. So you scrape it with the fork okay. and it, turn, it looks like spaghetti. And then it's got like uh, pepper jack cheese and it's like a casserole. Classic uh, squash casserole of some sort for Thanksgiving. It's very Midwest, I think. Um, Ryan, what'd you do, man? Uh, we actually, I went up to Ohio for Thanksgiving. So I had another taste of that kind of Midwest kind of Thanksgiving. So we brought the Southern staple of mac and cheese for our Thanksgiving and and like a bunch of cookies, I was forced to judge a cookie eating contest. Oh man, oh, terrible tasting contest. <laughs> when I was up there, but I would say the real highlight was I was able to go to the Ohio State Michigan game on that Saturday, which was a lot of fun. Oh man, that's yeah. huge. Mm. I was pumped to see the win, especially as um, an Ohio State fan, or like the rest of my family. In addition to ECU, I thought it was a really fun atmosphere to see a game at 106,000. That's insane. I hear it's amazing. I'm, you know, everyone seems to, I, at least everyone I know seems to have a friend that cheers for either Michigan or Ohio State. So that's cool. That's a good one to go to have. Um, ben, what'd you do, man? Um, I went down to Greenville, South Carolina. Um, wasn't too far away, but um, skirted through some traffic on 85. Hung out with some family and whatnot. It was good. Um, nothing too crazy as far as foods go. Um, the only strange thing that was there, which wasn't strange in in a normal meal, but somebody brought barbecue. I don't know why. It was good barbecue, so I wasn't mad about it. Um, but it also made me realize that, similar to Pony, that Thanksgiving's kind of just like a potluck. Yeah, People just bring whatever they want to, um, and it just becomes a big meal, essentially. <laughs> so I was okay with it. It was cool. It was a good time. Got to see some family and whatnot, nieces and nephews and things like that. So, yeah. I always like the potlucker that just brings in a bucket of fried chicken, and I actually do enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that does happen from time to time in the South, too. That didn't happen this Thanksgiving, oddly enough. Yeah. Um, Someone yeah, did that at our work potluck. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good move. Someone always does it, right? Yeah. <laughs> that bringing in Taco Bell or donuts, it's always a really good go-to move that no one's going to complain oh, about. Oh, yeah. Grande <laughs> meal? That's a good idea, actually. <laughs> 
Uh, well, all right. I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving out there, uh, assuming you all live in the United States. And uh, if you're listening from another country, then, man, props to you for uh, deep diving <laughs> into uh, Division II uh, American soccer. But uh, let's talk about that. We'll start with USL News. And um, it's looking like, uh, Ben, I actually saw this tweet from you first. Um, you keep up pretty well. And uh, that, that we're starting a little earlier than we expected as far as when, uh, when the games start for USL championships. So, uh, Ben, you want to talk about that first? Yeah, it's, um, I saw it through a, uh, it was an article about uh, New Mexico United. Um, apparently, this may have been like talked about or, or presented during the USL Cup game, Cup final, I should say, um, and I completely missed it. Um, I saw some Louisville fans had kind of seen that it was a, a pretty set in stone type of thing, uh, potentially. I don't, I don't want to say that it is. Uh, but yeah, it's the 8th of March, potentially, which is a full eight days before last year's um, opening weekend. So that's, that's pretty interesting. I saw another uh, individual, I think it was Stu, um, had mentioned maybe the preseason is going to start early too. Is what he had heard. So obviously the season is going to start a little bit earlier. Mm. Um, so yeah, going to get some some early March soccer in, maybe some more cold weather soccer as well. So I'm okay with that. Yeah, especially up north. But uh, some of the other things we saw, I don't know if this is totally official, so don't quote us on this, but that there will be 18, 18 teams each, uh, 36 matches throughout the year, which is two more than last season. And uh, I think we already found out uh, somehow that there would be less games during the week, less double week games as well. So, um, yeah, Pony, Ryan, anything you want to say about this? If they're going to have uh, two conferences with 18 each, that means it's the inevitable St. Louis move back to the East time in the offseason. Their death taxes in St. Louis make them <laughs> switch to conferences. But I think the two things that came out of it, and it was from uh, True Bartow of Soccer and Tweet for his tweet basically saying um, that the 18 with the 36 matches, I almost feel like it was we were this close to being like perfectly balanced, like Thanos would want it. But it, it, just to do a basic double round rob and keep it at 34 matches. And I'll be interested in how it would be to have the top 10 teams make the playoffs. I think that was another thing that was mentioned hmm. in uh, Drew's tweet, but to do a midweek knockout round and then do a weekend series throughout the rest. I was always a fan of um, the A-team playoff, but it's just interesting. And of course, none of this is set in stone, so we'll definitely have to see how uh, it'll unfold throughout the offseason. What do you think about this, Pony? Uh, well, this is one again. Didn't get too much of a chance to catch up on. I mean, it came out today during work, so it's like, and I'm and I'm West Coast. It's still only like seven o'clock here. I've been off work for like an hour and a half, but uh, it would be it's nice. I think if we could keep it early and it's Wednesday games, I don't that we you play Wednesday, then Saturday, then Wednesday, then a. Th- And Sunday games, I'm all for it. But 10 team playoff seems a little bit awkward. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I will say, Pony, I think you're cutting out strangely. I don't know if you can check that out while we kind of move on, but um, I agree. So the 10 team playoff, Ryan, that's not for sure. That's just like something they're thinking about or has been tossed around, basically. Yeah, I think that was just what was kind of popped up in a Drew's tweet. It's still, 
well, of course, none of this is set in stone. It's, it could all be pure speculation, but it wouldn't surprise me to see St. Louis shift back to the East, especially if you bring in teams like El Paso, New Mexico in next season. Yeah, I think it's pretty much settled at this point, unless teams come in or leave, which we haven't seen that really. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the teams are set. Um, St. Louis does have to go east, and not only that, it seems like if that's the case, Swope Park will also go east for the first time, and so that at least will be a new wrinkle, an interesting wrinkle, and if we only have a change of one team next year moving east or west, then uh, perhaps Swope Park gets to go west the following year and, and St. Louis can <laughs> stay east. Who knows? Uh, that'd be really strange. And uh, I don't know if I would know what to do with myself if we stayed in the same division. But, um, yeah, um, it looks like I think that's a foregone conclusion that that's pretty much what's going to happen. Ben, you kind of seeing the same thing? Yeah, it's interesting because I don't know that I really – I'm hoping the 10-game – playoff is is essentially just a rumor because that just feels like it's you're dwindling it down too much at a certain point yeah at that point it's more teams make it than don't and i don't like that at all yeah it's uh it's definitely it it would make the already very competitive usl league in general that much more competitive and i i don't know i don't even know if competitive is a nice a good way of putting it I think it would just make it more hectic in a way. Um, not that it isn't already very hectic with changing leagues and conferences and teams and things like that. But, um, but yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting setup next year to, when things are finally finalized. Hopefully it'll happen a lot sooner than this last season where things kind of felt like they were not thrown together at the last minute, but there was a lot of variables going up to the season. Yeah, to mention the four teams that would be added if they had a 10-team playoff in each conference this season. In the East, you would see the addition of North Carolina and Ottawa, 47-45 points when the cutoff was 49. In, in the West, you would see the addition of San Antonio and Oklahoma City when the cutoff was 53, San Antonio at 50, OKC at 43. Hmm. I like the East a little better, but I don't like the West better as far as playoffs go. I'm surprised I liked any of it, though. But, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, I think before we got bigger, I imagine at some point when there were eight teams going to the playoffs that there were more teams making it than not before USL grew. Is that something that's probably true? Anyone back me up on that? Not sure. 2014, when you had an 18 playoff with the entire league at one league table, that was a 14-team league. So there you go. So there is precedence. So it, it could happen. It could happen. Cool. I think we've uh, covered that. Everyone good on that? Yeah. Cool. Um, We'll save this next one for last. Um, Looks like Phoenix announced who they were going to keep. James Musa, Colin Fernandez, Joey Farrell all returned for them. Um, Drogba is on his way out, but then a tweet maybe sounded like he isn't out. Where, Where are we with Drogba? Anyone know for sure? I think out. I think he's done. I was just saying I was disappointed he wasn't going to follow through on his Wolf of Wall Street promise, but it seems like that yeah. random fan in Louisville was right when they said that Trump, but your career ends in Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. That's a good shout. Yeah, it definitely feels like he's put his boots up for the last time, but there was that weird tweet where it was, I think it was just two emojis. I know one was... I want to say the Ivory Coast flag, and he was wearing a suit with a Phoenix Rising pin, and it looked very 
meaningless, but Phoenix Rising retweeted it with the eyeball emoji. So I don't I don't know. <laughs> Who's to say? Who's um, to say? He looks very snazzy. So I still hope he remains active in the Phoenix Rising ownership group though. Me too. I want to see him on the sidelines or doing some kind of statement or just even going out and celebrating with the guys. It's really cool to have him around. And mm-hmm. I imagine he will, at least sometimes. If there's no World Cup to go to, why not? <laughs> uh, but anything about the uh, who they're keeping, Fernandez is staying. So that's, that's a guy that Evan talked to. Uh, right before the final, um, was really cool to hear him talk. Uh, an intelligent guy um, talking about his career, his crazy career. Uh, Musa is a guy that was in St. Louis, a really quality guy that was injured a little more, but when he was not injured, he played pretty much every game. Um, kind of a center back, holding mid hybrid that is really useful for uh, certain systems that can use him that way. Any other thoughts from anyone else? Yeah, it's just good to see a top team returning some of their players already. I think it's way before next season even starts, but Phoenix is already one of the favorites, and they're at least taking steps to maintain their status as a favorite. Yeah, so I guess we haven't seen anything about Cortez or um, why am I blanking on their MVP? There's a Asante. few people. Asante, thank you. There's a few people that we're not sure about at this point, right? Yeah. At least I think there's still question marks, but I like seeing the top teams start trying to return players early instead of waiting. Yeah, and announce it for that matter, right? <laughs> yeah, that too, that too. Very nice. Okay, well, let's move on to the big one. Um, oh, no, no, no. Here's another one. Um, midfielder Kenny Walker from Cincinnati will be joining Indy 11, which is a cool move, right? Mm-hmm. I like seeing him there, and, and I imagine there's going to be a bit of a race for some of these FCC guys that aren't going to be going up to MLS. This is one of the best ones, I think, in my opinion. Uh, so nice to see Walker go over there. The one thing that was announced that Ledesma was joining uh, Cincinnati and MLS as well, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Corbin Bone. Um, there was like four, oh, there was like six. Had Corbin Bone going up. Lasso. Lasso's mm-hmm. going up. I think the center back's Patty O'Brien. Is that his name? Barrett? I, or Barrett, sorry, yeah. I think Patty it's Barrett, Barrett yeah. So, Make him sound more you. Irish. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. Yeah. So yeah, I, it's interesting that Walker didn't take very long to get. It's not maybe not interesting, but it's not surprising that he got picked up pretty quickly. Mm. Um, it's maybe telling that uh, Indy Eleven picked him up so quickly, though, because I feel like he's been a a staple of that franchise. Um, I mean, since the beginning, if I'm not mistaken, um, he's been a quality player. I mean, he's on. Not that he's typically a goal scorer, but he. He's, I want to say he's in the the final. <laughs> tally for uh, goal of the year with that banger he had against Ottawa. He's been a consistently good player uh, for Cincinnati, and he's shown that he's been a, a quality player at the USL level for a, a good bit now. Um, Six goals across 80 appearances with FC Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. There you go. And he's more um, of a holding guy, isn't he? I believe so. Or yeah. is he a winger? No, yeah, he's not um, a winger. Midfielder. Yeah. Yeah. Am I wrong that isn't Mac and Ernie on Indy, the guy who almost killed Walker mid-game. Mm-hmm. That's oh. the interesting thing. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. I was like saying, yeah. wait a minute. I think um, this is the guy who tried to kill him in the of the match. And to be a fly on the wall when they do player introductions in their locker room next season. 
Yeah, they, I I imagine their lockers are not going to be like right beside each other. Maybe <laughs> if he, if McInerney even returned, that's yeah. I, this I, this could be a sign that he's not McInerney isn't going back to Indy. Honestly, be. that wouldn't shock me at all. Honestly, yeah. McInerney's going to score. I don't know. He he strikes me as a guy that's going to go like a mercenary type. You know, he's going to go where he, he gets the most money. And he's going to perform there, and he's going to be a big jerk on the field, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's his MO, kind of. Um, I say also look at a bunch of um, MLS teams since any team that didn't make the playoff had to finalize rosters by, I think, it was around uh, 10 a.m. or noon today. He had to do contract and stuff. Like I know the Columbus crew returned eight players, and one interesting player that they left basically – or that they let go was Adam Yon, who scored the winning penalty for them against Atlanta in the the penalties last season. Mm -hmm. But he's also had experience, I believe, with a penalty with you in Sacramento. But he, I think, was on a loan deal with Orange County. So he would definitely be a good pickup for anyone in USL. Yeah, I could see him come back for a team and be a decent striker. I've been scouring those those guys that have been released for sure to kind of see if I recognize any names. Cause, and I bet there's a bunch we don't recognize that are going to be on USL squads next year. Uh, Jack McBean's available, and uh, he's mm. proven that he can score on the USL level for sure. So there's going to be a lot of guys that could be picked up, like people we have no idea who they are. Yeah, I mean, if I could get – McBean would be a great get for anyone. Yeah. I mean, he almost won the Golden Boot playing like half the season that one year. That's right. After he got loaned to what uh, a league sign in England, yeah. Coventry City. Yeah, that was interesting. Interesting. Um, well, speaking of comparing leagues, let's go ahead and talk about uh, Daniel Rios to Nashville. Right? Mm. They announced it the other day that he's the first official signing for the MLS side, Nashville. Um, which is just a Nashville MLS is their title right now. We don't know the final um, the final branding. But, um, yeah, he signed for MLS, and he is officially, according to Wikipedia at least, he's loaned down to USL for this season. Um, pre- played for uh, North Carolina last year uh, on loan from Chivas. I think this is a purchase from Chivas, or he was a free agent. I'm not sure exactly how it is. Um, anyone know? Ben, do you know? Um... I do not know any specifics, to be honest with you. I was going to maybe pull up um, the only resource I really know as far as transfer market goes, but but I'm not too sure. I know he was on loan um, to uh, North Carolina FC, um, but I'm not sure if it was a purchase. I, I haven't honestly looked into too much of that uh, transfer, but I th- think it's a really smart move, really, because um, obviously Rios showed on a – out of the playoff team quality uh, squad for NCFC that he can score goals and he can score them well and consistently as well. Um, is it is a direct signing. Yeah. Is it direct signing? That's okay. what I'm seeing too. Yeah. Interesting. But I think it's a, it's an, it's a, a move that I feel like has a lot of upside and makes a lot of sense, honestly, from where they are right now. And also even more so, if you think about it, they, kind of struggled here and there as far as having um in 2018 i should say they kind of struggled to have a consistent score and they're going to automatically have that going into the 2019 season uh to build hype for 
what I believe will be their 2020 MLS season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so really, it's just a smart move all around, uh, I feel like. I completely agree. Let's, uh, let's do the obvious, right? People have done it on Twitter already. Let's parallel this to Fernando Adi. Um, is this the same thing, Pony? How is it different? It depends if it's Tam Gam, and it looks like it might be. Really? Oh. And that, that is my issue. I have no problem with a team saying, I'm going to spend more money than you, because that's something every team could technically do to a certain extent. Maybe their owner doesn't have the money. They sell half the ownership to someone who has more money, and now the team could buy a more expensive player. It's technically possible for anyone to spend any amount on any single player, and that's fair. You could be called the Yankees and say, hey, we're going to spend outspend you, period, and you'll get the, okay, whatever, the hate for that, because people go, well, you spent more than us, of course you're better, and that's a whole argument. But when you use a tool like TamGam or even MLS, how this works, I don't know exactly how it is, that no one else has access to, that's mm-hmm. not a problem because you're doing something that another team can't do. You can't, no other team can say, well, here's a million dollars, but it's not the same as saying you have a guaranteed MLSL contract next season or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's my issue is when someone does something that, that literally they, no one else can match in the league. That's where it's, it's frustrating to me. It's frustrating when Cincinnati did it with Audi. And if Nashville did it this year, they will deserve all the hate they get. It's the quickest way to lose the neutral fans is to do something that the neutral fans can't copy. The neutral fans can't say, well, why don't you give this guy more money? The neutral fans go, well, you did something we can't do, and it's almost like an unfair advantage. If you want to say, because I'm using Yankees at an advantage, say Yankees paying someone is one thing, but if the Yankees were allowed to raise their walls by five feet when the opponents are up to bat, that's something completely different, and that's like an inher- ingrained advantage that no one else could possibly match. And that's my issue is using a tool no one else is allowed to actually use. Yeah, we we tried to get the Speedway or Soccer Speedway guys on to kind of help us uh, navigate this, and, and they may not have information either. In fact, I will go out on a, a pretty sturdy limb and say that we'll never know the exact details of, of this and uh, how the money is moved around. But um, last time I talked to the Soccer Speedway guys, they did say that Nashville MLS is actually more so a different entity than um, Nashville SC. <laughs> especially compared to Cincinnati, which was all the same people, basically. So on top of them, you know, perhaps having Gam Tam, yes or no, who cares really at this point? Because it looks like it's coming from different pockets altogether. And um, that can be argued as well as, you know, yes, perhaps they're also, um, you know, it's good for them to give their player to them to get some experience with the possible coach and semi-organization that's going to be running the MLS team. But it's a totally different pool of money. So, uh, again, a tool that not ev- no one else in the league has access to. Um, Ryan, what do you think about all this? I think we've seen that with um, a bunch of other USL teams that's made the jump to MLS. That on the business side of things, that the USL side would fold or at least either sell their franchise, right? Like uh, Orlando did to Louisville. Like Cincinnati is with moving up that they fold the USL side and that the MLS game operates separately. But I echo what Pony says in saying that this is using an advantage that not every USL team has. It, it, USL doesn't have a salary cap, means it's perfectly 
able to, if you wanted to, you could outspend everyone and win the league that way. That's the risk you run without putting in a salary cap pool. You see it in England, you see it in Major League Baseball. But this is having access to money that a team doesn't have. It's like if we're playing Monopoly and every time I pass go, I slip a couple 500s in my pocket instead of just doing the normal 200. Like I'm just taking money that's not really available for everyone. Mm. Yeah, Ben, go ahead. I think it's... It's a situation where I think it's easy to say, and I don't really, I don't love that it's an option for them because it creates, like everyone has kind of been saying, it's it's an unfair advantage, quite frankly. But really, ultimately, can you blame them? <laughs> I mean, if the if the league isn't gonna put steps in place. Because they already saw this was coming. I mean, they've already yep. seen FC Cincinnati do it. Other teams maybe have done it in the past. At a certain point, I don't think the league maybe should or will. But ultimately, if the league doesn't have rules against this type of thing, I mean, if I was a Nashville fan, I'd be thrilled. And really, it's the tools that are available to them. It's almost like because if you, I would think at a certain point. If a team were to come to Daniel Rios and say, I'm going to pay you that much more, not that they're going to have those funds available, but really it just comes down to having an open market, I suppose, and having different teams having a larger budget than others, which isn't necessarily great, I suppose, but it's kind of the way it is. Um, Not that I'm justifying the action, but I'll take the other stance, I suppose. (laughs) I was going to do the same thing. I mean... I will say that we we do need to make it very clear and differentiate from Cincinnati who who got Alashe and Adi. You know, this is closer to what Alashe is, you know. Again, yeah, it's it's not something that anyone else can do in the same way, so that's an advantage, but if you can yeah. do it and the USL isn't going to stick their foot in the business of anyone doing that, then then yeah. you have to do it. You might as well like why would you not take a full season um, with a player that you know you're going to have the next the following season, and you just do it if you can. So, um, yeah. you know, I think we can and will complain about it, uh, but our complaints maybe should be directed at the league rather than uh, Nashville and Cincinnati, right? Yeah, because no, I mean, if you even sorry to interrupt, um, but if you even look at it from other sports perspectives, um, back when. Uh, David Stern, I think his name was, he vetoed a trade because it wasn't competitively balanced, I suppose. I don't know that the USL can do that, but that's, I don't know. It, it's If the USL is going to allow it, then I really can't blame the team for doing it, I suppose. But sorry, go ahead, Tony. No, that's right. If the league's going to allow it, you can't blame the team for doing it. But when it happens, I want like the fans and all the people around the team to own that they're the bad guys in the league at that point. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, that's what that's what bothers me when someone goes like, "Oh, yeah, I'm going to do this." And what do you mean? We're still the good guys. We're the we're the hero of the entire story. Like, no, you are officially the bad guys. You made the heel turn with that move, and yeah. I think that's part of the reason. Kind of got upset with the team who left last year. If I'm not allowed to name. Is <laughs> that didn't really happen too much. That's true. So at this point, you need you need to own that you're you took over that role. You're the you're the root against. Yeah, so it's uh, your move, 
Nashville fans. How are you going to take this? Uh, are you going to own it? You're going to be like, yeah, this is kind of cheating, but we're going to do it anyway, but we'll admit it. Or <laughs> you're going to go the other route. We'll just say that. I'm curious. Just I'm really say curious. you're exploiting a loophole. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, Harry even said, are they the next uh, FCC? Or no, that was Alan actually said that. Sorry about that. But uh who knows? They could be. Depends what the fans do. Yeah, I think I think it's fair to put it on the fans and see how they react and see how much <laughs> see how much uh, headbutting there will be on Twitter. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm interested to see that. Um, also, I do want to say they didn't go out and get a DP now. <laughs> they didn't, they're not getting a two million dollar player yet. <laughs> also, long off point. season. Long off season. You're right. So yeah. we might see it. We might see Rios and a $2 million Blair or someone from Germany or South America. Boy, that would be, that'd be pretty scary. Wouldn't it? Mm. Don't give him any ideas. Let's, let's stop this conversation. Where we're at. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm getting around to thinking that we should expect it, but uh, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll move on. We'll move on. Uh, one piece of news I did forget to mention is that Ryan Thompson, who's uh Jamaica's second goalkeeper uh, ever since Andre Blake um, is going to be the goalkeeper coach for Austin Bold. And is there more to that? I feel like there's more to it and I lost my place. Is he also the goalkeeper? Yeah, they mentioned in the article that he was also the goalkeeper and Austin Bold now has 11 players, including goalkeepers, so they can field a roster. A lot of them old guys too. Uh, Thompson's not young. Chris Drupak was the most notable player from that mm. roster. So I'm thinking that they sign a few more players or they should sign a, a few more young players. So you're saying they're putting the old and bold. Oh, oh, <laughs> I feel like you had that prepared, Ben. <laughs> I honestly did not. I was waiting for a break just to you still that bring hashtag. that into the, the <laughs> old Drupak well, has the... Tripek has that bold fashion statement. He does anyways wear the headband, the oh yeah, concussion yeah. protective one, whatever it is. I think saw that hashtag. <laughs> oh, we have a new running joke for the next season. Indeed, we do. That's a good one, Ben. That's why we bring you in, buddy. <laughs> um, so that's cool. If you don't know, uh, Ryan Thompson is one of the most aggressive goalkeepers I've ever seen in my life. And unfortunately, when he was in St. Louis, um, opponents figured that out and just chipped the hell out of him and got a lot of goals just by chipping him. So I'll save a lot of you uh, GMs and coaches some scouting time. Just chip him. So there you go. <laughs> that's me. No, he's such a nice person. Um, I have a picture of him and my kid with my kid in a Jamaica jersey. Super nice. Um, wish him luck for sure. I imagine he'll, honestly, I imagine he'll coach more than he'll play, uh, but I imagine he'll get a few of those of those subbing games. But we'll see. Anyone else know anything about Ryan Thompson? That's okay, because I just gave plenty of information. Let's move on to the bulk of our show, and that is us rating expansion team logos. Are we all excited? We I'm are so excited. <laughs> we all uh, gave a ranking. I don't know if we if we have that ranking. Uh, Pony, can you I pull do. that up? Thank you. Thank Let you me so grab much. that real quick. So um, got it. Yeah, I'd like. <laughs> why don't you t- why don't you start off with what our overall choices are? If you mix all of our choices together. Okay, all the choices available. If we did the six new teams. Hartford doesn't seem to have a crest yet. Or if they do, it's just their name and letters and nothing else. But 
Well, you said the 16th actually might have a final crest out, which is Birmingham, El Paso, Austin, New Mexico, Memphis, and Loudoun. 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 <laughs> DC2. But those were the six teams. So we all Eagle Cell show, except for Evan, who never responded to my request for him to rank the teams, decided to rank them. And Kevin, want to go from bottom to top or top to bottom? Bottom to top. Bottom to top. All right. So in sixth place out of six teams ended up being in Loudon. Mm. Wow. So let's let's name we'll name them in reverse order like we are, and let's let's go ahead and just talk about them as you announce them. So Loudon, Ryan, you had a you had your initial thought when you saw this when the, when you saw this crest. Well, when the league came out earlier in the season, it looked it, that league really hasn't changed much to where it is now. I said it looks like the, a look to a competitive chess team. It's seriously like nothing too original stands out. It's almost like the generic look you would give to a team. And to a player, an ultimate team before they eventually buy a better crest. It just, it nothing really stood out to me in this Loudon logo, and it just seems like incredibly standard. Very much so. Almost like it's a, a fake team that a computer had to make up when you didn't have a, if you couldn't de- design your own crest or something like that. Um, yeah, and I created um, a lot of this based off of like a lot of, um, Standards for like vexillology for flags, basically the four main things, and this is from the Portland Flag Association, so shout out to Kev for this, but to keep it simple, a child should be able to draw it, use meaningful colors and symbolism, do about two to three basic colors, and then just be distinctive. There's a great TED talk on that if you've ever seen it. No, really. I have seen it. And okay, I, was, I, was almost, I was almost positive Ryan had seen that when he put the list, I'm like, oh. I've seen it. Yeah, I'm a member of the Reddit page for vexillology. Of course. <laughs> but I actually have them highest of everyone because I think it's a very non-offensive one. There's not a lot wrong with it apart from not being super memorable. Plus, I like that if I look at it, I think DC United. That's true. Mm. That I mean, true. It's one of those. I mean, I immediately associate that with DC United. And if you're going to have a two-team and – be smart and not name them something two or something B and name them something unique. It should be instantly recognizable. And this one is, it's not a great crest, but I have nothing, there's nothing wrong with it to me. Mm-hmm. And that's why, I mean, I had them fourth, but that was the best anyone actually put them. Mm-hmm. And they are obviously a DC affiliate. And that's why I like it. If they weren't a DC affiliate, they'd be lower. Yep. I think that's well said. Anything from you, Ben? I don't I was really surprised that that was the lowest one to be honest with you. I I mean I'll agree with what Pony's saying. It's not spectacular. Um it almost looks more like a supporters group type logo in a way, but I think it's it's eye-catching in in a way that's not off-putting, I think. Um the colors are distinct enough between the red, white and black that it's unique i would say and and also what pony's been saying i'm basically just stealing pony's opinion <laughs> it, you can tell that it's a dc united affiliate um 
and I, I don't think there's anything dramatically wrong with it too. The only thing I don't love is the like ridged parts of the inside of the, the, the crest. That thing is maybe a little bit strange. Um, but I like it. It's a winged horse. There's not really a winged horse or a Pegasus, I guess, in lower division soccer that I know of or a lot of lower division sports. So lions. there we go. So we just need them to, oh, they can't meet up in the U.S. Open Cup. That's unfortunate. <laughs> well, but still, I think it's, it's good enough. Mm-hmm. I think I'm with you. Uh, Pony, what's our next one? Next one, which is right down there, is Austin Bold. <laughs> really? I was okay okay with that one, but uh, Pony, what do you think of this one? It just it just seems wrong. I mean, it's, <laughs> it almost looks like it's trying to be Vegas-esque with no real... It looks like neon, and I don't associate with Austin unless you want to say it's hipsterish. I don't... I, I just don't like it. It's too complicated to the point where I can't redraw this thing right now. I've seen it a few times. I know it's black and blue, but that's really it. It's it's it just doesn't it like like Ryan said it breaks one of the rules. I don't think most people could redraw this logo from scratch. I'm not even sure that people in the bold organization could correctly redraw it from scratch if you just gave them a pen and paper and said go. Yeah. I am staring at it. I keep thinking that perhaps all the shapes inside of the B form something or have some kind of meaning. I'm almost seeing a 23 in there or a Z. Oh, one, two, three. One, two, three. You're right. Is that on purpose? I would think so. I mean, I saw that the two in there kind of forms that little kind of lookout there thing that they have for the circuit of the Americas. And like the rules said, it seems like you have to have like distinctive colors and I'll give them credit for that. It's distinctive. It's just, it, I don't think it looks fantastic. Um, and from far away, you just see a B. You wouldn't notice the one, two, three from up close. The one, two, three is all I can see, and I don't see a B. And I'm also, especially for the more recent clubs, I'm not a fan of seeing the established year on it. For anything like sooner than 2000, it just seems weird to say. It's like, oh, yeah, we were founded in 2018. I get that's when they were founded. But it's like it's more impressive to sit and see it on a logo like for a team was founded in 1850 or 1866 or something rather than, Oh yeah, 2018. One thing about the 2018 is that this has been a very memorable year for Austin soccer, right? So maybe they <laughs> well, want to remember like, Oh yeah, this is that shit show of a year. <laughs> well, probably, but then, or even if you mentioned that it's established 2018, but they won't kick off until 2019. Oh, good point. <laughs> oh, as text was better. Aztecs was better. Yeah. I mean, this isn't a disaster, but unless there's some hidden hidden meanings, it's just a below average mm-hmm. crest to me. And I yeah. agree with that. Also, a bunch of teams choose a circle for a crest. I know. Circles are horrible, right, Phil? <laughs> I was about to say, I think St. Louis is, is uh, I'm looking at my chest here. Yep, circle. So is Columbus, so is Manchester City, Chelsea, Bayern Munich. <laughs> I do. I am of the thought, the mind of um, if you can't nail it, just go simple. And I think Loudon did a good job of that, you know, where they did just go simple and it's not showy or it's not trying too hard. 
Whereas Bold somewhat kind of, they tried to do something kind of cool and it, it didn't quite pull off. They should have just gone more simple perhaps. And so that's what I will say about the circle and uh, Fleur de Lis on my chest right now is they went simple with that and I think it works. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty common for sure. Uh, Pony, what's our next one? Going up, this is a kind of a point wise, a big jump because we all had, I mean, only one of us had Loudon outside of the bottom two and only one of us had Austin outside of the bottom two. But next up is Birmingham. Mm, I thought so. Which is a very controversial pick for some of us. <laughs> um, it's your least favorite, right, Boney? Yeah, I had them at the dead bottom of the table. <laughs> guess, where, <laughs> guess where I had it, everyone? At Number the, one? At the top. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> it's not a circle, is that why? Yeah, <laughs> circles suck. Um, you know, I honestly didn't look at it terribly closely and I remembered it being cool when it came out and I like the color scheme and I like the idea, but there is definitely an upside down boot on the bottom <laughs> rather than an oh. anvil. <laughs> I think that's the worst part of it, but Pony, why do you hate it? Is it the boot? <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's almost like if you're going to enter a league and start saying we're this metal based team and say I have anvil and hammer in a league that has a team who is named after metal with a long historic, you know, U.S. soccer history <laughs> and not make a logo that's better or a team name that's better, you completely fail on all terms. I mean, without Bethlehem Steel being in this league already, they probably could move up a little bit in my rankings. But you tried to hone in on one of the most historic soccer franchises in the United States with this whole steel metal based thing and didn't do a good job of it. It's one of those, if you're going to try to challenge one of the historic stalwarts or whatever you want to call it, be better than they are. But this is not better than Bethlehem Steel is. And that's massive minus points to me. It's mm. not a horrible logo, but in a league with Bethlehem Steel, I detract a lot of points from right. So uh, Ryan, where'd you put this one? They were kind of like in my middle of the road. I found stuff that I liked and stuff that I didn't like in the logo. I guess I'll start with the like. I, I'm a fan of the color scheme. I like the black and gold mm -hmm. with yeah. it, and the anvil and the hammer looks cool. I guess if you're gonna work off the steel metaphor, I guess what I didn't like is. The the use of the stars in there I thought was weird, or at least the three stars. It made me think of the three stars on the MLS logo, and of course, stars represent championships for it. And then I thought it would, what was kind of, a, or the two other weird things was that the word legion and the stars were in white, not in gold. I would have liked to see that a bit in gold. And then finally, at least with legion, it's like there's no mention of Birmingham in the entire logo. If you're currently just passing by looking at it, it might as well be like a workers union for steel workers but and, and there are thousands of stadiums across the united states with alert word legion in it including a stadium in birmingham called legion stadium and one in wilmington it just it seemed like it was weird that you didn't want to mention birmingham anywhere in the logo but overall i think the logo is fine it looks good it's not terrible like we were saying it went for kind of a simple route but it's not really anything bad mm-hmm uh ben you want to comment on this one even the last one i didn't call you out uh, it's all good um i don't know i really like this logo 
I I think it does just enough without doing too much. Um, I I love the color scheme. I am a huge fan of a black color scheme, primarily with another um, complementary color. Um, like we will probably talk about later. It's it's very eye catching. I think um, the only thing I'll really say about this crest is I. I'll I'll be honest. I keep forgetting they're going to be in the league next year because this revamp and everything happened so early on. Um, so I think that's an interesting thing. I'll, I'll definitely say that it's curious that Birmingham is not in there, like Ryan said as well. But I think it just just enough. Um, it's not very distinct to soccer. I don't think is the only other thing I'll say. Like it just kind of looks like it could be just about for anything. And I think that's one thing that I look for in Crest is like it's not Legion FC, it's just Legion. I, I like that it's very simplistic, but it's maybe too simplistic. I could see yeah. that. A lot of people hate the FC thing though, and want to go back to the uh, the old school uh, names like Aztecs and things like that. So I imagine people could go either way on that one. But I agree with you overall. Yeah. I think it is eye catching. I like the colors and. You know, they didn't overdo it. I think the upside down boot is the only complaint I have. <laughs> um, what's the next one, Pony? We jump all the way. I mean, the second and third are very close, but third place goes to Memphis. Ah. And what did you think, Pony? I mean, I like it. This is the end of, I mean, my top three are the current top three, and this is the end of the logos I like. Like the ones where I go, if you did it right, if any critiques are minor. I mean, almost this one, the, I think my pick is your name. Right. <laughs> I still say Memphis Final would have been far better than Memphis 901 because no one associates 901 with Memphis outside of people in Memphis. <laughs> but it's kind of Vegas-esque, but it's the kind of showy thing that works for the city still. It's basically an overall very solid logo. I think it's a little bit bright for me. I think you it's almost too distinctive to the point where it's like a distraction from everything else around it. Like I think if you have a if you had a jersey from these guys, I think the first thing you look at is the crest, whether that's good or bad to me. I'm not sure. I mean you could say it's a great thing if you're gonna the first thing you're gonna see is the crest, but I think it's too centric to an extent. Hmm. But I have nothing really wrong with this crest i'd maybe tone it down a little bit for the neon but memphis did a good job yeah i think united states is uh in danger of having too much neon themed uh crests for sure um but because the bold i think they were going for the same thing there but uh ryan what do you think when i saw the logo it makes me or i've never been to memphis but it made me think of two things like i noticed the record in the middle, which I thought was a really cool touch. And the neon sign almost makes me think that it would belong to like make a street side restaurant or bar from Memphis. And I thought it looked good. I really are like you're saying, there's a bunch of neon kind of themed logos in the U S but I thought this one was really well done. And then like Pony was saying, the only one would be the only unfortunate thing would just kind of be the 901, which is just the area code, which people outside of Memphis won't understand. And, but overall, I thought it was a good crest, and it's kind of hard to go wrong with it anywhere. 
I loved on when they did the announcement of some sort. I forget what it was. Maybe it was the crest when they had the uh, the animation going throughout. You know, the looped animation of the record spinning on the logo, and it looked really cool. I really, really liked it. So I think overall they did a good job. Ben, you like it? I I really liked it when I first saw it. The more I look at it, the more I don't care for it. Quite frankly, hmm. I don't know. I ne- I honestly maybe I missed the. Um, the animation you're referring to, I honestly did not notice until just now that it was a record. Just kind of looks like circles in a way. Um, I do like it, but it kind of just feels like a cheap knockoff of, of Las Vegas Lights hmm. logo. And I don't, I, maybe I'm not just as familiar as other people are with Memphis. That could very well be it, but it just, it feels distinct, but maybe not distinct enough. I feel like there's no. There's no point of the crest that I'm just like, there's there's no focal point, I don't think. The crown feels weird to me as well. I I don't know. Um, and the name I can't get behind. It could very well be the name is just my main problem. Like if it was just 901 FC, I wouldn't love it. I wouldn't hate it. But it's Memphis 901 FC. It's just way too much. It's It's almost... It's a mouthful in and of itself, and, there, and there's no short way of there's no way of abbreviating that as well. I think. Oh, true. Um, as I think one main thing of it too, but it's it's not terrible. I, I there's positives to take from it, but I just the more I see it, the more I just don't love it for some reason. I, I can't quite put my finger on it. Um, but granted, if this comes out before Las Vegas Lights, we're probably having the exact opposite. I was thinking the same conversation thing when you said um, that. Yeah, yeah. Or at least something to consider: or what location in the country would have like the most syllables or be the most of a mouth of a mouthful if it did a city their area code than mm. FC? Like, or what area code would be like the most unfortunate for the soccer club? Hmm. Anything with sevens in it? Albuquerque. If there's a seven in the Albuquerque area code, Chattanooga is pretty long. Parts of Atlanta, which is six, seven, eight. So it could have been Atlanta six, seven, eight United. Hmm. I was thinking Sacramento, but I don't honestly know what the the zip code for that would be. But I feel like that would be a mouthful as well. Area code or zip code? Oh uh, yeah, (laughs) area code. My bad. Yeah. That's the next bad crest is they use a zip code instead of an area code. That's just taking it a step further. Mm. <laughs> well, when you have a city with like three different zip codes, and I know. Then, I know three for Romans in it, are you just representing that one zip code or what if your team headquarters isn't in that zip code? Yeah. Oh, no. I, yeah, I know in Sacramento, I moved like two miles, my zip code changed. <laughs> mm. Yeah, St. Louis, they're all over the place too, so... Um, yeah, I, I think everyone agrees that none of us are a huge fan of the name. And I think there are a lot of names coming out, especially this year that no one's a huge fan of, but I think it's one of those things where it's going to feel bad for a while till you get used to it. And then eventually it may be one of those things where you actually really love it. I imagine, you know, who liked Columbus crew when it first came out, that's just terrible. Right. But now we wouldn't want it any other way. So, um, I mean, it's iconic, but it tells me it's not bad. I mean, it's still not a good name, but at this point, it's etched in history. Yeah, exactly. So let's see how these grow on us maybe five years from now. Let's see if our kids still think 901 is terrible. If they do, then failure. That's a straight failure. (laughs) Um, Let's move on to the next one, Pony. What you got? 
Number two, which was pretty close to Memphis, but edging it out, is New Mexico. Oh, New Mexico. Ryan, what do you think about this one? I welcome another black and gold team into American soccer, especially with Charleston and Columbus being the only current ones. And I think it's a really clean design. In, uh, I mean, they do make mention of when they were founded with the 18, which I, I know I mentioned earlier wasn't great, but at least they kind of hide it a bit with the kind of just referring to it as 18. I think the only thing I would have changed about it would have done the, um, instead of the diamond, and I know um, Mike Pendleton on Twitter t- or changed this when he did a quick edit for the logo. He had the kind of land of enchantment on their flag with the 18 in the middle of that instead of the diamond. And I thought that was a really clean look. And as cool as the black and gold is, I think it was like a really easy layup to do the black and that red from that flag. But of course, Mike Pendleton kind of covered all of this with um, his logo change. Yeah, he nailed it. I mean, it was amazing. It was, yeah, the yellow with red. Uh, but also, Ryan, you can't forget the new the Riverhounds are now black and yellow as well. I didn't want oh, yeah. want you to get yelled at on Twitter. Well. <laughs> uh, Pony, what do you think? I like it just due to the simplicity. And if you look at it, for me, I may go, "Oh, that's New Mexico." You could remove the New Mexico all parts of it, and I'd go. And if you told me where is this team located, I probably would go somewhere in New Mexico. Hmm. I mean, while it's not nice, I mean, I'd rather have maroon color but i don't think that look good on jerseys if you're gonna have a maroon and yellow jersey <laughs> might have been they started trying to do that first and said this looks ugly let's just go black and keep the same flag design and it's just to me this is such a simple crisp it's immediately recognizable through the region if you've ever seen the new mexico flag that basically is the new mexico flags part of it's on the jersey and it's one of the things where it's safe but it's so simple and it's so representative of the region that I like this one a lot. It's one of those, like Brian said, the things I could draw this from memory right now. I could pull a pen and paper and try the New Mexico crest and could do that for any team in the USL, mm-hmm. let alone a few months. Yeah. I, I, I agree with all of those, those statements for sure. Uh, ben, what do you think? I really like this crest. All things considered, I I am very anti having the date you're founded in on a crest. That's one thing I'll I honestly just ignore about the crest. I just forget it's there. <laughs> um, but it's it's distinct, and I've loved everything I've seen coming out of New Mexico United. Um, I feel like they could have very easily. And it would have made a lot of sense for them to go the route of the colors of the flag, and it would have been very um, New Mexico-centric. Um, but the, the the main thing I'll say that I like about the black and gold color scheme, or black and yellow, I should say, um, more specifically, is that it's distinct in and of itself in New Mexico. It's still got the, the stylized um, shield, that looks very New Mexico, but this is going to stand out in New Mexico as opposed to another thing that's colored the New Mexico colors. Um, I think that's something that'll be an advantage for them. Um, and the, the branding and things like that I've seen coming out um, just via Twitter, of course, because um, I don't live in that time zone. 
or state. Um, it's it's distinct enough and eye catching enough that it's gonna. It either will catch on very heavily or it'll, it it may not. And it, it's a gamble, but I think it's a gamble that will pay off for them more likely than not pay off for them. Mm. Um, and I'm a big fan of the shield colored or shield shaped uh, crest as opposed to a, a stupid circle. Say it. Yes. Stupid circle, <laughs> a generic circle. It's the easy way out because that's the way every social media um photo is cropped as for now i mean who knows what it'll be it'll probably be a triangle in a couple of years which is being absurd um but yeah i really do like this a lot um i i think it it does everything right don't love the 18 of course but it does a lot of things right um and it's not flashy it's not going to be what i assume that the last one on the list is going to be but it doesn't have to do that i think you have to go one or two ways with crest you have to go more maybe generic or more simplistic or you have to go full tilt really detailed and this does a good job of being more simplistic and um eye-catching i suppose in that way Mm -hmm. well that does leave us with el paso locomotive pony why don't you start us off with this one say i love this one i mean this is a great well i don't associate trains with el paso they leaned into it in a very very good way i remember about a year ago, I was making fun of Atlanta, who said, we have a railway spike through the middle of our jersey. And I went, I've never even realized that in the history of everything with Atlanta. There's actually a railway spike on your thing. Like, and I, If you go back, there's a podcast where I say, you should have renamed yourself Locomotive Atlanta. Yeah. Because that makes sense. That's a great way to embrace the entire thing. And apparently someone from El Paso is listening <laughs> and went for it. I mean... This is everything I want from a, from any team name and any team logo. It's leaning into their branding. The branding matches their crest. It the color scheme is good. It's simplistic enough while still being unique and unique. This is by far the winner for me. While I love what New Mexico did, this is just this is the maybe the best crest in the USL. I mean, I think it's it's that good. Wow. That's high, high praise. Uh, ben, know. it sounds like you're on the opposite spectrum, so let's just jump to the other side. No, I, re- I, I will agree. This is a really good crest. <laughs> there, it's, it's very well balanced in the sense that the, you, locomotive is exactly where you're going to want to go to originally. You're going to, oh, they're, lo- they're locomotive. And it's very distinct. I... I think the other thing that I love about this too is it's extremely unique in the sense of its mascot, essentially, that they're going to be a a train, essentially. Um, And the color scheme is fantastic as well. Um, That's another thing I'll really say that I like about this also is it's got the three color scheme. um, And it's just the only thing I don't love necessarily that I didn't really notice until just now looking at it distinctly I don't know what's going on with the star. The star is funny to me. Lone Star State. I think that's it. Well, the angle is a little funny. I guess the the train is in motion, and I I don't know. But it it seems odd in a way, I guess. Um, But no, I really do like this. It's hard to not like this, I think. Um, It's hard to, to really critique this. Do I think it's the best USL crest ever? No. Um, But I have very 
bad opinions on USL Crest. I'll just let's put it that way. I I, I never hated the the City Islanders Crest, and, and I think I'm the only one that didn't hate it. So um, we'll just leave it at that. Um, but it's a good Crest. It's a good name. Um, and they've leaned into it too with branding. I think that's a big thing too. Is if you're going to go this distinct, you have to really go full tilt into it. I don't know if if, if everyone has seen the video of, of them. Uh, I guess it was the 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 video unveil for the logo, but it was it was very well done. I think. Mm. Yeah, I did miss it, so I'll have to go back and look for it. But uh, Ryan's uh, in our notes here, posting comparisons to uh, Locomotive Moscow, which I think everyone kind of thought of immediately. Ryan, what are you thinking about this? I really like the El Paso locomotive one. The front of the train is just very distinct at the bottom of the logo. It even has 11 different rails for what I assume is the 11 different players on the pitch for soccer. Remember, I think the name is very good across the front. And I just think I like the branding for it. Even if you look at the locomotive Moscow one, it's kind of that, I don't speak Russian, but it's what I assume is yeah, I'm not going to attempt, but it has a train coming out of it with the soccer ball as the um, kind of uh, just wheel. And then Locomotive Moscow, you have that with 11 different kind of spikes with it for soccer. And I think they leaned into it really well, like what Ben was saying. I'm just a really big fan of this logo. I think it looks really clean. And even just like the shape of the shield is very unique. You're not going to have another team in the league with that same exact shape yeah. with that, like if you do a silhouette of all these scenes and just did the shape, you can easily point out that's El Paso yeah. right there. There, yeah. there are so few teams in the league that you could say hey, the silhouette and that is what it is. Unless you want to go with, I guess, Seattle Sounders too, which is literally the silhouette of the first team logo with S2 on it. But it, that's what I really think like about the El Paso logo. It's unique its branding is just leaned in heavily to it. And I overall, it's just really well done. Yeah. I think that was the, the biggest thing for me was they, they went out there real out there with the shape of the shield and, and the mm-hmm. way they drew the lines definitely points to, you know, a Western feel, a Texas cowboy kind of thing. Uh, almost like that script that you'll see with Western films or, or Western wear for that matter. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with all of that. Um, you know, I just looked at our time and we were going to go over all the League One logos. And I think we'll save that for another time because we are getting a little bit long. Um, so let me run the ads real quick and then we'll kind of get out of here talking about where we are, where we can be all be found. Um, but, you know, if you haven't gone to Soccer Loco, if you haven't gone to our website, uh, the USLshow.com, you can click on our banner, Soccer Loco. If you click on that and you want to buy anything soccer related, a jersey, cleats something for your over 30 league you're probably all playing indoor since it's getting cold if you're not in a warm environment so if you need indoor shoes or something like that um if you want to help us out go to our website click on that banner and buy some cool soccer gear uh we thank dk for a full year of of sponsorship in that way so um yeah that's been going and then also you can sign up for our patreon on the same page uslshow.com just click on that Patreon uh, link and you can support us that way. Um, we don't push it. It's just something if you'd like to help us out, it almost always goes toward uh, making us sound better with uh, sound gear and things like that. So um, feel free to do that. And uh, we also, of course, need to say thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get your custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. 
Any last thoughts overall? Um, we'll do one last thought. And as you do it, each person, why don't you talk about where you can be found? Ben, let's start with our guest. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's nothing distinct, I guess, I can say in this final note. I definitely do want to shout out. I think you may bring this up later on as well. But um, 9607 MLS Pod is now uh, officially part oh, of the BGN you. network. Um some good friends of mine in Charlotte do that podcast, uh, Zach Dick and, and Von Pullman. Um, they love MLS, and they do a really good job of breaking down games and covering different things. Um, I don't know if it's their most recent episode. I imagine it's not with some some new games, but they, they broke down the FC Cincinnati crest, which I thought was really good, well done. Um, but they are now officially a part of that, so check them out. They're 9607 MLS pod on the Twitters. Um, but for me, I suppose, um, you can find me on Twitter at the soccer goose. Um, I also do a, uh, a podcast that's, <clears throat> excuse me, Charlotte independence specific. We don't talk about anything else, but the Charlotte independence, um, we're in the off season now, but we will be back, uh, beginning of the season or so, uh, it is talking jacks without a G and that's how you can find us on the Twitters and the different, uh, podcasting platforms if you will yeah we got a goose and a pony tonight and uh the soccer goose has gotten me looking forward to uh christmas you're gonna do something with your handle for christmas goose i yeah i i've i've got something i suppose i might as well i mean there's a whole day for it so yeah <laughs> <laughs> i like how you rotate your names depending on what's going on it's, it's been yeah good. <laughs> uh pony let's go with you next uh well i'm as always, at Iron Pony Chef, I don't change mine during holidays or anything because when everyone does that, I have no idea who's tweeting on the, my timeline at first when I see all these new names and it confuses and scares me. <laughs> but yeah, that's my handle. If you ever want to get in contact with the thing or if any people from El Paso want to give me free merch because I love your stuff so much, hint, hint. But yeah, I'll plug myself. Perfect. <laughs> Um, any any thoughts you want to wrap up with? Or are you good? No, I think we're good. It'll be nice to look forward to these teams next year or see who we like and who we don't beyond just crests. Because right now, that's all we really have to go off I of. I know, right? <laughs> I look forward to talking about other things as well. But the crests have been uh, kind of fun to talk about. Ryan, uh, why don't you let us know where people can find you and, and give us a parting thought. Of course, we'll be able to talk about crests until we get to kits. It's that close to footy headlines kit leak season mm, good point but uh you guys can find me on twitter at ilm underscore ryan and i guess i at least want to give a shout out to um the curse for new mexico with their her question of why is new mexico united it, which i just love with the existential question but <laughs> i want to bring up one point and i want to ask a question that no one bothered to ask how is New Mexico United? I want to ask, how are you guys? <laughs> That's my parting thought. I love it. I love it. And yeah, apologies to Alan. We'll have to whip, whip out those questions because they were good ones. Uh, we'll bring that out on another episode. Um, yeah, I don't have a parting thought. Um, I think uh, I may change my seasonal um, my seasonal Twitter handle to something like Circle Crests are the best or something like that. So. <laughs> Uh, but if you do want to find me, it's Phil Grooms, two L's, two O's on Twitter. And uh, otherwise, I appreciate you guys listening tonight. We'll be back. Oh, you know what? I did an interview with um, Coach Mike Munoz of um, LAFC2. And so we talk a lot about um, 
you know, all the players that everybody knows at this point that were just at the U20 tournament. We talk about them and what it's like to be a coach for a two team and stuff like that. So it's a really cool one. It'll be posted Wednesday morning. So listen for that. More coming uh, next Tuesday, Monday night. Um, we'll do another episode and then another interview later that week. A lot of off-season uh, content. So keep uh, downloading and listening and subscribing. Thanks again, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.